Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Caixin Syndicate Business Brief, brought to you by SubChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast in Durham, North Carolina. And I'm Ada Shen in Paris. First, the news. Trade war. Enough. The small steps back and forth. Who's part of the delegation? And what about that chat in Osaka at G20? So probably best at this point to just wait and see. I know that's what I'm going to do. Meanwhile, over to you, Ada. China's exports of goods fell 1.3% year-on-year in June, official data showed Friday, down from a 1.1% increase in the month before, but higher than the median forecast of a 1.4% slide, as projected by economists polled by Bloomberg. Imports declined 7.3% year-on-year last month, data from the General Administration of Customs showed, compared with an 8.5% drop in the previous month. Economists had forecasted a median decrease of 4.6%. China's trade surplus widened further to 51 billion US dollars in June, up from 41.7 billion US dollars in the month before. Remember Justin Swin, the man who's paying $4.5 million to have lunch with Wall Street legend Warren Buffett? Well, now he's inviting another billionaire or possible billionaire to join the President of the United States. The invitation came after a tweet from President Donald Trump on Thursday. I am not a fan of Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies which are not money and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air, Trump wrote on the social media platform, claiming that Libra, Facebook's cryptocurrency, will have little standing or dependability. Mr. President, you are misled by fake news, Swin, a blockchain entrepreneur, replied in a tweet inviting Trump to launch with Buffett. I guarantee you after this lunch, nobody will know crypto more than you. Like Trump, Buffett himself isn't a fan of cryptocurrencies. The U.S. president does not appear to have accepted the invitation. Swin made headlines for winning this year's opportunity to attend Buffett's famous charity lunch with a record bid. He is the founder of Tron, 
the 10th largest cryptocurrency by market cap, which now owns peer-to-peer -peer software company BitTorrent, Inc. The U.S. says it is easing restrictions on Huawei sales, but there is no progress in sight, the Chinese telecom company's chairman said at a press event on Friday. Easing restrictions on Huawei sales isn't enough, Tianghua said. Washington should remove Huawei from the Commerce Department's so-called entity list, which effectively blacklisted the Chinese manufacturer from conducting business with U.S. companies. In a retaliatory move, the Chinese government announced that it would establish its own, quote, unreliable entity list, close quote, in June, before the temporary trade truce during the G20 summit in Osaka, when U.S. President Donald Trump promised to relieve pressure on Huawei. U.S. Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross announced Tuesday that the U.S. government would issue licenses for certain Huawei products, but did not specify when it would take such actions. Almost half of migrant women interviewed in four major Chinese cities have experienced some kind of domestic violence, and many are unfamiliar with China's three-year-old domestic violence law, a new report has found. Only half of the respondents who experienced some kind of domestic violence in the last 12 months attempted to break up with or divorce her partner, said the report by Beijing Normal University and Orange Umbrella Charity, an organization focused on helping women escape domestic violence. The report found many migrant women were unaware of the protections that should be afforded to them through the domestic violence law, which more than half of the interviewees had never heard of. It calls for increased awareness in China of gender violence and its many manifestations, greater societal support for migrant women, and a support system for victims that has links to medical treatment, identification, police, legal aid, therapy, and social services. Computer makers have struggled to navigate global trade tensions. They already operate with low profit margins, and many of them have shuffled their supply chains in response to U.S. tariffs on some components. Dell Technologies Incorporated and HP are reportedly considering moving 30% of their notebook production out of China. Dell came in third place in the global PC race, with 17% of the market after HP's 22%. Apple Inc.'s PC shipments narrowly declined in the most recent period, and the company held the fourth spot with about 6% of the market. Thanks, Ada. Let's turn now, as we do each week, to some of Caixin Global's reporters and editors for a deeper dive into the week's stories. This week, it's Doug Young again, managing editor of Caixin Global, and... You got two, I think, two pretty interesting stories. Uh, the first involves the education biz, which, of course, is a, a big deal in China. What is the gist of this story, Doug? Yeah, this is an interesting story, and it, it really the big backstory behind this is just how education has become sort of the flavor of the day in, in China. You know, Chinese have always been quite willing to shell out big bucks for education, and we see it, you know, the Chinese, China has the most uh, university students, probably the most, any students of any country studying in the U.S., they're all over the U.K., they're, they're everywhere, and, uh, you know, it's because they're willing to pay these pretty hefty tuitions, because they, they think it's a good investment. So this week's story that uh, I wanted to zoom in on was uh, basically uh, an acquisition by one of China's big real estate companies, uh, a company called Country Garden. And through one of their affiliates, they have purchased a UK school operator called the Cats Colleges Division of Cambridge Education Group. They have seven or eight campuses all throughout the world, so they mostly cater to international students. 
And I think that's sort of one of the trends these days is everybody wants to study abroad and certainly Chinese like to study abroad. So this is like a, I, I have no doubts that Country Garden will acquire this thing and then, you know, they'll, they'll start trying to sell it to Chinese, you know, affluent Chinese parents who really are willing to, you know, pay any, any price they need to to send their kids abroad. Doug, in China, we see a lot of companies making acquisitions or expanding into businesses that are pretty far afield from their own core area of business. Uh, why is a real estate company getting into the education business? Yeah, this is a good good question. Uh, this is an example of an apple falling a bit far from the tree. But you're right, we do see this a bit. And the, the real reason, we've, we've actually seen this among real estate companies recently. Uh, it's you know, the boom days for China's real estate market are are pretty much in the rear view mirror right now. Uh, you know, they've just been on this building frenzy for like the last, really since the 90s, because uh, China just had no new housing since really uh, between 1949 and the 90s. Um, and so they all these companies have risen and thrived by just building, 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 building residential mostly. Uh, but now that the sort of wave is coming to an end, these companies are looking to diversify a bit. So uh, it appears that Country Garden thinks the future's in education. We've, we've also seen a lot of companies getting into uh, new energy cars seems to be another flavor of the day. I guess we will see whether this pays off for them. Meanwhile, uh, let's move on to the second story. And it's about one of my favorite subjects, Maotai. I, I don't actually touch the stuff myself, but uh, usually when the company makes the news, it's for something that, you know, elicits a little chuckle from me. But uh, why are they back in the news this week? Yeah, Maotai seems to, seems to at least among China people, to, to be a, a topic that people never grow tired of talking about. It's got lots of character, certainly tastes very distinctive. Um, and it's got a fairly, well, I don't know if it has that story to history, but it's it's been around for a while. And it costs a lot, you know, it costs about two, three hundred dollars, U.S. dollars a bottle in, in China. So uh, the story here is that Maotai, uh, yet another feather to add to its cap is that it's broken into a, a new list of the world's 50 most valuable brands. Uh, it made its debut at number 46. Um, and, you know, this is a, a pretty impressive list. Uh, so shows that the Maotai name, I guess, is is finally capturing people outside of China's attention, although I still probably would think that not too many people outside of China have heard of it. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that'll change. Uh, it's certainly a household word here in China. It's the must-have liquor at every big banquet. And it's it's value. It's it, as In terms of uh, value, the company is worth more than any other uh, spirits company in the world. It's it's the world's most uh, valuable spirits company. I think it's it's ahead of Diageo was the previous one. So, uh, you know, this is a company on the up and up. Well, good for Maotai. Did any other Chinese companies make this storied list of 50? Yeah, actually, uh, there were four companies on the list. Uh, previously, there were three. So the other three are all returnees, but uh, Maotai was the new entry. But... Um, Maybe not surprisingly. Uh, well, actually, all three are, are sort of cons- very consumer brands, which shouldn't surprise you. Two of them are uh, milk, milk companies, uh, dairies, um, which, again, like it shouldn't surprise you too much. Uh, and the, the winner, the top one of those came in at number 34. It's a company called Ely, which is China's biggest dairy. 
And the second one was also China's second biggest dairy company called Mengnio. So again, I have a feeling, you know, these are these are pretty much household words in China. I think if you say Yili or Mengnio to anybody in China, they'll instantly know milk and infant formula and blah, 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 blah. So they're big names. I, I have heard, uh, I interviewed Yili at one point, and they, they did say they were going to try and go global. And, and they've done some stuff in New, they've done stuff with New Zealand and Australia, maybe, uh, but I, I think they're maybe they have bigger global aspirations. So that's two. And then the other company was uh, it's a sort of a Taiwan China company. It's a company called Tingyi, which is famous for instant noodles. Uh, and again, they're Tingyi, the brand. Well, maybe it's gotten a little bigger, but the their really famous brand is called uh, Master Kong. Uh, and it's a, a brand of instant noodles that's just very, very well known in China. So they came in at number 49. So actually Maotai came in on the list at 46. So they actually passed Tingyi. But, you know, it doesn't surprise me that that uh, Maotai surprised me a little bit, but it's just been such a hot company. But all four of these companies are really, you know, household words. You look at a company like Alibaba, which maybe a lot of foreigners know, but maybe not all Chinese know, Uh so these are big consumer brands, uh, and I expect we'll probably see more of them in the future. Doug, thanks for, for talking to us, and uh, we'll be sure to check in with you again next week. Okay, thanks a lot, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is powered by SubChina and is produced by Kaiser Guo and Tanner Brown with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Thanks, of course, to Ada Shen. Special thanks to Li Xin of Tyson Global and to Spring and Autumn and Wu Fei for the music. Be sure to check out all the other shows about contemporary China in the expanding Seneca network. And be sure to follow the news from China every day at SupChina. Subscribe to our newsletter at SupChina.com. Take care.